Hi, I'm Ali Maldro, the host of A Public Affair on Tuesdays. You can listen to this show any day of the week, any hour of the day on the WORT smartphone app or on wortfm.org. If you love what you hear, click that donate button and support community media. Your donation makes a huge difference. Six foot six above sea level. I grab my mic because I like to take it to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound from underground. We bring the truth to places truth is never heard before. Good afternoon, Madison. You're listening to WORT 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow. This is a public affair, and it's election day. Happy Tuesday, y'all. If you haven't voted yet, polls close at 8 p.m. Remember, if you are in line at 8, stay in line. You can still vote. To find out what is on your ballot and where your polling place is, go to myvote.wi.gov. Joining to talk about all things voting is double. Deborah, who is the league, who is with the League of Women Voters. Deborah, how are you doing today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me, Ali. Deborah Kammeler is the executive director of the Wisconsin chapter of League of Women Voters. The League of Women Voters is a nonpartisan political organization. They encourage informed, active participation in government and work to increase understanding of major public policy issues. They also influence public policy issues through education and advocacy. What what does Election Day feel like for you after all of the work that you all have put in to this election? Um, you know, it's a, it's a big Tuesday for Wisconsin. It's a big Tuesday for Wisconsin, indeed. Um, every Election Day for the League of Women Voters of Wisconsin is a huge day. Um, we make it our purpose to try to inform voters, to educate voters, to ensure that voters feel the motivation to participate as citizens in our democracy. And um, so we go into every Election Day with very high, high hopes that we're going to have a high turnout, that there will be um, a, a wonderful sense of community, and everyone who who's eligible to vote just gets out and feels empowered to do so. Oh, that's so like exciting to hear, and also, you know, I imagine that there's there's a little bit of of stress, and particularly in trying to get folks to show up for the spring elections, for the spring nonpartisan elections. Can you talk a little bit about what the League of Women Voters? has done this spring to make sure folks know this is an important election. Yeah, we've done many things differently in this spring election than we have in our history. Um, the League of Women Voters of Wisconsin has been trying purposefully to be a more visible organization in this democracy space, and it's working. Um, as a result of our kind of the more we do, the more we're able to do attitude, um, we've been able to raise more money. We've been able to engage in paid advertising. So you've seen more league materials out in the communities across the state. It's more, true. I got a yeah. mailer. Exactly. Um, we have sent out postcards. We've done text banking. We've done phone banking. Um, we've printed um so many different flyers and door hangers and that sort of thing. And all of these materials and advertising dollars not only build our visibility, but create the importance, we hope, in the minds of all voters for why it is that Election Day should be just as important to them as it is to the advocates and activists for the League of Women Voters. Gender obviously is a role in the League of Women Voters, right? It's part of the name of the organization and the long-term history is about, you know, enfranchising women specifically to be engaged politically in voting. Um, and and that that support of, of women voting doesn't necessarily translate to support of the women who are running. Uh, how do you balance that that conversation in terms of prioritizing the votes of women um, and, and remaining a nonpartisan organization that doesn't necessarily endorse or support candidates, including, you know, women who are running for office? Right. Um, oh, and we've had a shift, I will say, over our 103-year history. When women first um, were granted suffrage, it was very critically important to help them just understand the nuance of how <coughs> to, where to, when to, um, what the issues were. Um, and so much of our early history as an organization was really about empowering women's votes because men had the vote. Um, 
as we've evolved, we've really transformed ourselves into an organization empowering all voters. Our membership is no longer exclusively female. Our membership is now males and females. We have older women. We have younger women. We have older men. We have younger men. We have um, a great um, appetite right now for really increasing our membership among younger persons um, because there's energy and vitality and that's what an organization like the League of Women Voters needs. Um, and civics, I think, is a, um, you know, a, a core uh, of what has been the League for all these years. Um, and for us, you know, our democracy works when our elections have contested races, when people feel motivated to learn about all the candidates in a race, when they have a choice. You know, we did a voter survey um, at the end of the 2022 election, and one of the comments that was was too prevalent, I thought, um, was that, you know, in races that were uncontested, there were voters that reported, they almost feel, felt as though um, going to vote was almost useless. Mm -hmm. The outcome of that election and that uncontested race was a foregone conclusion. So why bother? And for the league, you know, our answer to that has always been, you know, every race should be contested. Every person in a community should, frankly, be motivated to represent that community in elected office. That's how our government works. That's mm. representative government. And um, so we, we train candidates. We try to work with people to feel um, the importance of running for public office, whether that is at the municipal level or the county level or the state level. Um, and, you know, this April election, for instance, is is huge. This is all of the nonpartisan races are on our ballot. So the judicial races, the county and the municipal races that are nonpartisan races. And there are those the who, school board races, the school board races. Exactly. But and these are the races where, frankly, the decision making in your community will be decided the people we put in those important seats, the mayors, the town chair people, the supervisors, the alders, the school board members, they are the ones who will make the decisions that affect every person's life in that community. Yeah, of course there are some statewide races, but you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, that's actually less significant than your water utility or your you know, garbage pickup or you know all those things that those local elect officials are really going to be deciding about. Oh, I so appreciate that. And I also, I disagree. I think the state Supreme Court is a really big race today. I'm like, I can't, I, I agree. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'm like, that is, I'm like I, I really want people to get out and, and show up and vote. Um, I think the, the Supreme Court, you know, those folks serve 10-year terms, which is really different than yep. many of your, your local electeds. Um, and they, they, have a great deal of, of power that deeply impacts the the people you vote you vote mm -hmm. for locally. So if you think about you know your school board is incredibly important, and you all know that I do. Um, you you've got to remember that it was the Supreme Court that really decided uh, that 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 we were not going to stay at home um, during COVID anymore. That mm -hmm. really overruled our our governor's ability um, to to mitigate COVID in a way that would minimize. Uh, the spread of, of COVID. So I think it's really important that you get out and vote um, for every <laughs> everybody who's on the ballot, ballot today. But yep. also, I deeply appreciate the emphasis mm -hmm. on those local, those local right. officials. And even in our Supreme Court race, you know, the Supreme Court justices are, um, you know, uh, few and far between in the state of Wisconsin. And um, but the the pool of just of judges from which a, a justice will be, you know, um, secured is really those lower court justices. And we're also voting for them in mm -hmm. a spring election. And um, so it's it's important because at every level of government, that's the breeding ground, if you will, for the next level. And, you know, ultimately, you know, you're not going to be a Supreme Court justice unless you've been 
a judge in a lower court or an appellate court or a district court or a municipal county court. It's that's how our system works. And so the the people of Wisconsin choose those lower court justices to make important decisions about cases where people are divorcing or neighbors are having disputes or you have a traffic violation or or, you're adopting a child right like there's some really beautiful things that our judges you know help our community to navigate and give folks the authority to to pursue exactly and we want to watch those uh, judges we want to see how they are administering justice in the state of Wisconsin so that when a justice gets to be um you know in contest for a Supreme Court race, um, we know their history. We know who they are, what their values are, and and we can choose the person who can best align with our own personal values. Mm. Thank you so much for speaking to that. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to WORD 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow. It is Election Day. We're talking with the League of Women Voters. If you want to join the conversation, the number is 608-256-2001. Huge shout out to our engineer, Ben, whose last day was last week. Um, we we adore you. It was such a gift to get to work with you. Even bigger shout out to Jade, who's doing all the jobs today. So Jade is also our, our producer. And today is our engineer, our news director, Shali Pittman. We couldn't do this here at WORT without you. Um, and our receptionist, Steve, is waiting to hear from you all. So huge shout out to Steve. He would love nothing more than to connect you with this conversation. So let us know what your questions and comments are about voting. You and I talked about this, Deborah, a little bit before we went on the air. I asked hey, is it hard at this point to be a nonpartisan organization that promotes voting when voting has become a partisan issue? Who gets to vote? Um, voter suppression has has been a, a major cornerstone um, for, for the Republican Party for about a decade here in Wisconsin. What What is it like to try to navigate uh, being nonpartisan when the issue that you represent, when voting has become a, a partisan issue that is used to divide people and and pit people against one another? Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful question. The um, the reality is the league has um, you know started 103 years ago as a nonpartisan organization, and we continue today as a nonpartisan organization. Our positions, and we have many positions on just about any topic you can think about that is public policy, Um, you know, they're thoughtful. They're agreed upon by our members through a consensus process. And, And one thing that has been, you know, part of our core for all these 103 years is that voting is a fundamental right guaranteed in our Constitution. It is the basis upon which our representative government is operates and without that right to vote and without access to the ballot um, we undermine the very foundation of what is representative government and so we will continue as long as we have breath to um, endorse you know uh, a system where voting rights are protected where we, if, whether we have to be in the courts, whether we have to be in the media, whether we have to be at the town hall meeting, you know, wherever we have to be to ensure that people understand they have a right to vote. And in, in my opinion, they have an obligation to vote because that's what keeps our democracy healthy. When people sit on the sidelines, the best democracy we can have isn't what we're going to get. We need everybody out there participating. Go vote today. <laughs> you talk about voting with so much passion and so much conviction that it's, I like, imagine you as a little kid turning out the vote. <laughs> when did this start for you? When did you become, you know, a, a champion for the rights of all people to vote? Well, I think that um, championing rights is, um, yeah, I was a debater in high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, uh, that's just part of my DNA. But really, my own personal history with the league started over 30 years ago. Um, my mother-in-law in invited me to a Christmas brunch um, for the League of Women Voters. At that time, I was living in Appleton, Wisconsin. And um, I met 
a group of women that mostly women that day who impressed me and I was new to Appleton um, my husband and I had just moved with our infant child from Chicago up to Appleton back to grandma and grandpa land <laughs> and um, and I was just impressed and I needed a place to belong and so I asked the president of the local league um, if I could see all these positions that they had been referencing in the course of this meeting and she sent me the local positions the state positions <laughs> and the national positions and I did a thing I learned later that not a lot of even league members do which I read them all um, and I was I was very impressed with the thoughtfulness, um, with the depth at which the league really was looking at public policy, um, and I thought it could certainly be an organization and a group of you know um, individuals that I would be able to connect with, and I joined, um, and. As happens in league sometimes, within a couple of years, you know, I was nominated to be the president of the Appleton League. And from there, you know, I joined the state board and ultimately was the president of the state board. And now I've assumed the position of executive director. Um, I love this work. I love I loved my years as a volunteer with the organization. And now as paid staff, I, I just... I think I play every day. I, I don't actually go to work. I, I just love this. <laughs> so It's so great to hear you you talk about enjoying the work and finding like fun and, and community in this work um, because I think the, the stakes are really high right now. There's a lot of pressure in, in being politically engaged. And I think sometimes the amount of ugliness um, and the amount of, of, you know, tension that our political system kind of evokes between people uh, can be a real turnoff to being engaged. What do you say to, to folks who, you know, look at kind of the, the political realm that we're existing in right now and say, like, it's not for me. I don't want to participate. I think that it's uh, an expression of, of, you know, how people are, are treating one another badly or an expression of division. Yeah. I You know, I've always been a proponent of if you if you want something to change, you you have to be active to make that change. Um, so, you know, to your point, if you sit out, if you don't participate, you're going to get more of the same for sure. You know, mm -hmm. there, there's no way it will change if people just let it happen. So really being a part of the solution is being a part of organizations, whether you're in the democracy space or political issue spaces. Um, you're, you're, we're going to get change when we work for change. Um, for years now, the League has been actively working to try to undo the, the terrible gerrymander which has uh, been enacted in the state of Wisconsin. Um, what we know of our gerrymandered maps is that it it actually lessens the voice of the voters in any one district, increases the voice of the voters in other districts. And we know in Wisconsin our current maps have a political partisan gerrymander. Um, we we heard our um, speaker Voss at the public hearing where the legislative maps, which are now enacted in the state of Wisconsin, were being presented to the committee and to the public at, at large, that um, there was indeed a, a partisan calculus used when they created those maps. And, and this is not, you know, in Wisconsin, the calculus is weighing now to favor Republicans, which is why we have a, a heavily weighted Republican legislature and Senate. But in other states, the gerrymander has worked exactly the opposite. In Illinois, in Massachusetts, they have extremely Democratic-leaning um, maps on purpose. Both of these situations are bad for representative government. We need neutral maps drawn to reflect the census, not drawn to... Um, reflect 
any partisan leanings. And, you know, the League has been advocating for independent commissions that would draw maps using census data, using the constitutionally identified um, criteria for what our, our maps should actually be reflecting, that they're contiguous, that um, they uh, adhere to municipal lines. You know, this idea that you would crack and pack and um, pull... Um, pull voters into or out of certain areas to ensure a political outcome in that district, you know, that's just wrong. Mm. And it's not going to go away unless people stand up and say, that's just wrong. Please don't allow this to happen, elected official. You know, please give me representative government. Mm. Thank you so much for, for speaking to that. And I think, you know, at a time when you know, education is is a partisan issue. LGBTQ rights are are a partisan issue. All of the things, public health has become a partisan issue. All of the things that I think we used to take for granted as areas in which we could find common ground um, no longer are. And, and that's true for voting, too. Do you find, you know, nonpartisan issues um, that you, the league, can can vote on and can find kind of the space where where our parties come together here in Wisconsin. Well, I live in the real world, Ali. I, I'm not <laughs> going to I'm not going to disagree that you know many of the issues that you just mentioned have become politicized. Um, however, they in and of themselves are not political issues. Mm-hmm. You know, education is constitutionally guaranteed. You know, I believe the right to health care, the the right to love who you want to love. Um, th- these are these aren't you know, defined as political issues, they are currently being identified as political issues. And again, you know, if you want the change, you have to stand up and say, read the Constitution. You know, (laughs) there's a reason we have education as the base in the United States, um, because you can't be a good citizen if you don't understand civics, if you don't understand how communities should work, what the idea of representative government is. Um, it's a it's a shame that, you know, we've um, gotten to a place where too few people understand the history, understand the, the necessity of civics, um, understand the necessity of civility um, in, in creating policy. Uh, you know, I was reading yesterday that there's been a recent study in Wisconsin where um, voters on both sides of the aisle are um, were asked a question about um, if if you know if you could get you know basically a partisan rule or or compromise you know what would you go for and um, pretty much everybody or over 60%, both sides of the aisle were saying, compromise, give me good policy. Um, And I think right now what we're seeing in Wisconsin and in other states around the nation that have these, you know, kind of politicized maps in play, um, we're, we're not seeing good government. We're seeing an absence of decision making by our elected officials. And that's not giving people what they want. People want, you know, in Wisconsin, they want health care expansion. They want medical marijuana. They they want um, maps that are fair and representative. Uh, it is um, too bad, you know, that the uh, we've allowed the political discussion to impede governance. And um, we need to, as citizens, demand from all of our elected officials, whether we're on the right side of the aisle or the left side of the aisle, that we get governance. Just stop sitting on your hands and give the people of Wisconsin what they want. Oh, I completely agree. And I I, want to say that what they want, or at least what I want, is, you know, a, a government that invests in education. This is a, a good segue to Ron. Ron, you're, you're calling in to WORT 89.9 FM. This is a public affair. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow. We're on the air with Deborah from A League of Women Voters. What's your question? What's your comment? How you doing this election day? I'm okay. Thanks. Um, I recognize statewide elections have huge implications. My main point there is 
the small local elections can often be influenced by one person just asking a few neighbors to help them out. Mm. In the tiny town, which is, would be a village in Wisconsin, Fairview, Missouri, my, sister, my mother lived there uh, in her later years. They had an election. Uh, half of the town votes in one ward and half in the other. In one of those wards for city council member, the final results were three to two. If one person had recruited their spouse or a friend to go vote with them, they could have flipped that election to four to three instead of two to three <laughs> and changed who got in power. Uh, you, the guest mentioned the right to vote, and that's what inspired me to call because a Congress critter from Georgia with initials MTG mm. is apparently is trying to get two divorces, one personal from a spouse and one from the United States. But she also wants to prohibit people who move from a blue state from voting in any red state. And I thought about this, and how could that be possible? And the answer I come up with is she would have to become the dictator empress of the Confederate States of America. And then she would be able to prevent anybody she doesn't like from voting in any of her 25 red states within the Confederacy. Now, is that a far-out fantasy, or is she really serious about reviving the Confederate States of America? I cannot speak to what is in um, the mind of all of our elected officials, but we do have protections, and some of those protections are, are firmly um, you know, articulated in our Constitution at the federal level and at the state level, and voting rights um, in addition to you know, kind of the, the constitutional premise of our representative government, um, the VRA also guarantees these rights. So no matter where you live or if you've moved or, you know, some of the nuanced conversations that, that you were um, referencing, I really think that the, the, the right of a voter is determined by the state's own statutes on election law. And as long as we conform to that, as long as, you know, in Wisconsin, for instance, you do need to register to vote. We have the ability to register same day. Um, you have to do you do have to show proof of residency in order to register. You do have to have a, a photo ID to uh, you know ensure to the poll worker that you are the person who is coming to vote under your name. Um, but as long as you can meet those um, eligibility requirements, you have the right to cast that vote. And organizations like the League of Women Voters want to ensure that that right is um, not only guaranteed, but that access to the ballot for our for any voter, whether that's a voter with a disability, a senior voter, a new voter who may never have come to the polling place before, doesn't know what to do, that every voter feels comfortable, feels that they will be able to cast their ballot, has the knowledge to do so, and, and the motivation to get there in the first place. Thank you so much for speaking to that. And Ron, thank you for joining us on the on the air today. I I want to go back to the idea that, you know, um, we want as many people to vote as possible. You want people to feel confident in voting. And there has been this growing distrust in our electoral process, whether that is folks thinking that the election was stolen from the former president or folks, you know, Going all the way back to, you know, you, you know, George George W. Bush winning the Electoral College and not winning the popular vote. When when people think, you know, elections are rigged, the state is gerrymandered. What is what is the point? Um, you know, I think that the the rhetoric we're hearing that you can't really trust the electoral process um, can be really devastating to people. How is the League of Women Voters you know, inspiring people not only to vote, but to trust that their vote matters. We've been doing a number of things um, purposefully to build confidence in the electoral process. Um, first of all, um, our election administrators, our neighbors, 
our friends, our you know siblings and parents and teachers and principals and you know these are the folks who are the poll workers on election day. Um, I don't think any of us would mistrust those individuals in any other aspect of our interactions with them. And there's certainly no reason to mistrust them in how they administer our elections. In Wisconsin, elections are certified at three levels. First at the municipal level, then at the county level, and then by by the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Any election with a 1% or less margin can be recounted in Wisconsin, and some have been. And what we've always demonstrated is that the count that we received on election day is the count. Mm. You know, we've never had a mis, you know, a miscount, um, and that is testament to the the accuracy, to the security, to the. Um, integrity of our elections. The, you know, I've been out this morning to a number of polling places just to see that things are set up well. And and you talk to election inspectors and they know their stuff. They are trained. Um, They really look at all their poll workers all day long and make sure that each person in that polling location is doing exactly the job that they need to do to ensure that the from the time you walk in the door to the time you walk out the exit door that that you have been given the opportunity to do this most important job which is to vote um there aren't mistakes. We know that, you know, and our election officials are really, truly the heroes in all of this um, election work. And I'm frankly just uh, angry at this rhetoric that there's a um, something going wrong with elections. Everything's going right with elections, um, especially here in Wisconsin, where we have this very decentralized election process. We have 1,851 clerks who really know their business and are bringing us safe, secure, accessible elections. Um, yeah, there's always room for improvement. You know, maybe somebody could make a, a bigger curbside voting sign or, you know, make uh, the accessible voting equipment on the inside of the polling place a little bit more readily available to to folks. There's there's room to improve, but it's th- that doesn't mean we're broken. Yeah. We're not broken. We're we're totally legit. And um, we're always working as an organization to find those opportunities for improvement. We do a lot of surveys of voters. We have a, a statewide election observation program. We collect a lot of data to help empower those election officials to be even better. But we don't start from the premise of they're not doing a good job. We think they're doing a great job. There's always room for improvement in every process, though. Heck, yeah. Shout out to the poll workers today. Shout out to all of our clerks who are working incredibly hard to make sure people have a ballot in their hand. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to A Public Affair on WORT 89.9 FM Madison. My name is Ali Muldrow, and today we're talking about Election Day with Deborah from the League of Women Voters. If you want to join this conversation, the number is 608-256-2001. Um, we'd love to hear from you if you have questions about voting, stories about voting, you want to you know, talk a little bit about the work that the League is doing, which I think is really hard work. I have to say, I would find your job incredibly challenging. Um, not because I don't love inspiring people to vote, but I, I think it would be so, you have to have an incredible level of restraint not to tell people who to vote for. Um, have you ever, you know, made the made the mistake of, of promoting a, a candidate or how do you kind of separate, you know, who, who inspires you politically on a personal level from your role as the executive director of the League of Women Voters of Wisconsin, Deborah, how do you how do you kind of, you know, compartmentalize these conversations? Well, after thirty plus years of volunteerism with the organization, I'm well trained, <laughs> <laughs> so that helps. But the um, you know the league is a political organization. You know that that's part of our premise um, because. 
participating in government at the for especially for the um, executive branch and the legislative branch is a political game. You know, mm-hmm. only the judicial branch is supposed to be the the neutral, impartial, independent branch of our government. And even that's come into question with all of the money that's flooding into our judicial races. Um, but so there's, you know, there's a, a known political component to what is government. For the league, whether you hold very conservative viewpoint or a very liberal viewpoint, our mission is to make sure that we're defending democracy and empowering voters. So whether you vote my own personal views or another view, I want you to vote. That, that's the game. Um, and that's how democracy works, is when we all come and participate. And um, so, you know, do I have personal preferences? Absolutely, I do. Um, Do I talk about them when I'm representing the league? Absolutely not. Because the league is about democracy. Democracy is about everyone participating, everyone knowing how to participate, where to participate, when to participate, um, who the candidates are, what they stand for, and all of the stuff that goes into helping elections really happen, that's league process work. So our work really has nothing to do with who is on the ballot. It has everything to do with getting on the ballot and making sure that people know what you are and who you are once you're on the ballot. Um, And you know, we do forums, we do debates. Um, we're trying to bring that important candidate information to voters. Um, you also do an excellent questionnaire, yes. which I'm like, <laughs> folks have, you know, referenced over and over again. I think it's one of my go to's yep. when I'm trying to kind of quickly understand who somebody is and what they do. And you do such a great job of asking, you know, broad, non nonpartisan questions that are specific to the role somebody is running for. Um, And so check out the the League of Women Voters questionnaire. Where can folks find that this spring? That is um, this spring and always is located at vote411.org. Right on the landing page, you'll see an opportunity to put in your home address. That will direct you to your ballot, to the candidates on your ballot, to their specific answers. Now, um, not all candidates respond to our questionnaires questions, and which we would love it if everyone did, but some do not. Um, and uh, then what we try to do for those who have not provided us with their own answers in their own words so that we can print their words, um, we actually link to their websites or other information about them. We're trying to make it easy for people to find out who that person, who that candidate is, um, not try to hide that information from anyone. So, uh, Thank you so much for that work. Our, our uh engineer slash producer Jade said she she picked up the the questionnaire and used it this morning before voting. So if you are a little intimidated by voting today because maybe you're not as familiar with the candidates, rely heavily on the League of Women Voters. They're going to make sure that you have good information and know where to find information about every single candidate on your ballot here in Wisconsin. We talked a little bit about it being election day today, um, and you told me that it's only election day in Wisconsin. That's not election day everywhere. <laughs> Could you talk a little bit more about that, or maybe Wisconsin in one other state? Yeah, we. I, I'm actually uncertain, but I, in talking with my state league colleagues. Um, no one else is having an election today. <laughs> so this, we're having an election. We were for forerunners in um, February. There are some elections coming up in other states in May, primary elections. Um, there, But keep in mind that each state in its constitution, in its statutes, determines when its own elections are. So that's why we don't all run on the same cycle. Um, you know, Wisconsin is a state that has both the nonpartisan races in the spring and the partisan races in the fall. So we're pretty much always in a voting cycle where some states only have elections maybe every two years. Um, it's, uh, would you know, 
We know we're going to have a presidential election every four years. We know we have to elect um, our congressmen um, uh, every two years, um, you know, our senators every six years. You know, there's the state has its own rules. So there's lots of opportunities to vote. Um, and that's why it's important to, you know, use a voter guide like vote411.org um, to make sure you know what's on your ballot in that particular election, especially in a state like Wisconsin, where we we have a lot of elections. <laughs> There's been a lot of talk that gender is on the ballot, that that women's reproductive rights and the rights of anybody who has a uterus um, are on the ballot this spring. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about gender, about what it means to turn out women specifically to vote and kind of the history of barriers for women to vote. Um, talk about kind of how the League of Women Voters is uniquely positioned at this at this point in history to address, you know, how how women's rights are being attacked. I think that the um, the attack on women's rights, you know, with the overturn of uh, Roe with the Dobbs decision is is important for any voter. Um, I, I guess I don't characterize this as just a woman's issue. This is a family issue. Uh, this is a medical issue. It's a human issue. Um, I don't know anybody who wasn't born. Exactly. And, um, you know, it happens right now that the president of the League of Women Voters of Wisconsin happens to be a retired OBGYN. She was very saddened with the overturn of Roe for the very reason that in Wisconsin, with the 1849 law essentially coming into effect um, the the medic from a medical perspective um, she was uh, afraid that young you know promising doctors you know who wanted to be involved with the practice of um, gynecology obstetrics would not choose to practice in Wisconsin where their options for providing the medical care that would be necessary to that family would be limited mm. um, governed by politicians decisions instead of medically informed decisions and so yes these are the kinds of issues that could come before our supreme court um and it's and you know and there are other important issues like we discussed before gerrymandering could come before this court um uh, there environmental regulation issues could come before this court um there, you know, a Supreme Court in the course of a year in Wisconsin hears about 65 cases. They're all important mm -hmm. and they're all going to determine to some extent, you know, the climate in Wisconsin. I don't mean the you know, environmental climate. I just mean, you know, who we are as a people, who we are as a citizenry in this state. And, um, and so that's why it matters who represents us on the Supreme Court. And of course it matters who is representing us at the lower courts because the lower courts are the courts that actually do the analysis. They do the research. So when the case gets to the Supreme Court, they are looking at the facts that the lower courts have actually under or uncovered. And with that, they can make their ruling. Um, it's very unusual for a court to take a Supreme Court to take cases on original jurisdiction, so or be the first court to look at it. Deborah, one of the things I've heard over and over again when I've tried to inspire people to vote is that it, it helps for people to have kind of a plan, right? I'm going to vote before I get my nails done. I'm going to go vote right after I pick up my kids from school so that they can go with me. What What does your voting ritual look like? What's your What's your plan for voting? Have you voted yet? Or yes. Do you vote early? Did you vote today? <laughs> I um, The last couple of years, um, I've been requesting an absentee since COVID. I, I used to go always on election day and vote. But now since COVID, I request my absentee ballot. I keep it on the counter until election day. And then I go and drop it off at my polling place. So I know it's at my polling place and will get counted. Um, many people request that absentee ballot and put it in the mail um, on 
uh, myvote.wi.gov, you can actually track your ballot. So you, you'll you know when the clerk has issued it. You'll know when it's been received back by the clerk's office. You know it's counted on um, election day. The uh, It's very sophisticated systems are, are in place. And the league is actually advocating for more sophistication. We'd like to see on the return absentee ballot envelope um, that you would put in the mail, a barcode tracker like is on the original ballot that comes to your house. That's how we can track it to know it's been delivered to your house, but we're not tracking the return envelope to know that that's been returned back to your clerk. Um, So we'd like to see that uh, change instituted by the Wisconsin Elections Commission. But there's... um, there's, um, uh, as you alluded, many, many ways to vote. Make your plan. That's the critical part. As We've decided uh, as an organization, looking at all the data that we have, people who know what they're going to do to vote actually do it. You know, you make a plan, you you get your plan executed, you have voted. Um, we have student groups who go in clusters, you know, whole dorm uh, floor will go all together, um, different, different ways that people do it. But, you know, for us, it's it's about doing it. And whether you go alone, whether you go in groups, whether you go with your partner, whether you take your kids, you know, that's all up to you. Um, from my standpoint, it's just make sure you're doing it. Deborah, do you remember the first time you voted? I voted uh, my first election when I was a student here at UW-Madison at a campus voting site. Um, uh, and uh, it was thrilling. It was thrilling. I had gone years and years and years with my mom to vote. <laughs> so. Did you did you win that election? Did the people you won vote for uh, come out come out on top that year, or or did you have to face the harsh, cool reality of <laughs> politics, which is you don't always get what you want? I think I did not always get what I wanted. <laughs> And yet you're still voting, still passionately yeah. voting. So I, have, like, I can honestly say I'm one of those probably, I hope there's many people like me, but I have missed, I think in my lifetime, one primary election. So, oh. And I got called out of town. See, I didn't have a good plan. <laughs> my plan was to vote on election day, and then I got called out of town for I work. always have these like fears of, like, I traveled this past weekend for spring break, and I was like, oh my gosh, what if I got stuck, or what if Wisconsin had this snowstorm? So I, like, I like to vote on on, on election day. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm with you. I think like having a plan and, and making sure that you can get out to vote is so incredibly important. For folks who are voting for the first time in Wisconsin, maybe students who are coming from another state, what are things that you think they need to know about what it it means to register to vote here, what it means to cast your ballot in Wisconsin? What's the information you want to make sure people have on a day like today? Student voters have, unfortunately, um, additional hurdles um the you know they they need to show not only that they're an enrolled student but that they live on campus so they need to be on a a dorm roster or something and all of these are in the campus voting locations um the polling places have that material uh but so that's a, a you know for a student voter to make sure your student ID is a valid, um, to make sure that your residency on campus can be affirmed by your election official, um, and that you have um, the um, you're there. You you got to get to that that polling place in, in so if seven a, to a, eight. A, if somebody on campus is just listening to that and they go, "Oh, but I'm not registered yet." Um, what should they do? You can register. You you have to show your proof of residency, which is, if that is on campus, you need to be in a dorm register that will be at your polling place. If you live off campus, you need to have your um, uh, proof of residency, a utility bill that's been sent to your house location or whatever, and then your student ID um, and uh, the, the valid ID uh for the student to have that it is um, showing that it won't expire in the next two years. So, 
Oh, thank you so much for, for speaking to that. And same day, resi- same day registration is not just for students. Anybody can register Correct. on the same day in Wisconsin. So if you're not registered to vote, go to your polling place, get registered to vote, make sure you show up for this election. It's an incredibly important election. And that's true about every single election. Uh, I, I want to talk to you just a little bit before you get going about, you know, why why you stay committed to doing this work. You've been, you know, working with the League of Women Voters for 30 years. You talked a little bit about what inspired you to get involved. What has inspired you to stay involved? The promise of representative government. Mm. Um, we have, um, you know, in, you know, in our United States, you know, we have created a democracy like no other. And it takes work. You know, it is, it's not easy to maintain a democracy. You have to have citizen engagement. You have to have knowledge. You have to have an underlying civics education um, that motivates people to, to be involved in what is representative government. And, um, I don't think that just grows on the trees. You 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 don't breathe it. You know you, you have to work at it. And uh, organizations like the League of Women Voters can help provide important information to people to you know inform them about the win of elections and the how to of elections and the candidate information and. Um, you know, if, if not for us, who? You know, so it's it's really important, I think, that we continue to be as visible and as trustworthy with this information because our democracy depends on it. Mm. Do you still feel like the League of Women Voters has a, a, a specific tie to making sure women are are represented in elections, that women are, are turned out to vote? Um, if, if so, why? And if not, why not? I think we do. I think that um, women still uh, fight with equality issues, and one of those issues is in the voting booth. Um, we hear, you know, what I think of as horror stories all the time of women kind of waiting for someone in their life, uh, partner, to tell them what to do. It's like, no, this, we are equal and we have the same voice, one person, one vote as anyone else. And um, if part of the work that we can do is ensuring that every female voter knows that, that's part of the work. But for us too, as I mentioned before, it's an expanded mission at this point in our organization's history after 103 years is that it's it's no longer just about getting women out. It's about getting everyone out. And um, and today we have, I think, uh, just as strong a commitment as we had 103 years ago to getting women out, to getting our LGBTQ community out, to getting um, first-time voters out, to ensure that senior voters stay voting. Um, it is, it, it really is, um, all hands on deck to make sure that every citizen is empowered to vote. Deborah, I cannot thank you enough for joining us here today on WORT 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Maldro. This is a public affair. Shout out to the League of Women Voters for everything they did to make this election happen. Make sure you vote. Make this Tuesday count, y'all. We come and listen and support.